So we are so excited to have another great guest that fits in line with the new you in 22. Katie Wells is a declutter expert and inspires families all around the world to declutter and simplify. She also has her own podcast called The Maximized Minimalist Show, where she talks about all things minimalist that help you to live more with less. Hi, I'm Deanna Robbins. And I'm Christy North. Welcome to Pieces of a Woman podcast, where we explore all the pieces that make up a woman, mind, body, and soul. By embracing all complexities of being a woman, our goal is to share real stories that inspire growth and empower all women to be the best versions of themselves. And as Maya Angelou so eloquently said, when we know better, we do better. Thank you for taking this journey with us. So what better time than now, beginning the new 2022, to think about ways that will help us to live our best lives. But living as a minimalist doesn't just pertain to our home. It can be work. It can be finances, all areas of our life. So today we're going to do a deep dive on the benefits with Katie and the why and the hows. I think that's the big one, Katie, the hows. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. With lots of encouragement from Coach Katie from yours truly. That's how we'll get it done. (laughs) That's what we need. So tell us why you're so passionate about this. I got into simplifying after I became a mom six years ago. Um, I had my first son, whose name is River. And very quickly, I think even before he was born, after the baby shower, I was like, wow, River's got a lot of stuff and he's not even born yet. Like he's got more than I do. And then I know you have a lot of parents who listen. It just snowballs like the baby's born, more stuff comes in, toys galore. And um, I realized pretty quickly that I didn't have a lot of skills to manage the stuff and uh, countertop clutter. And gosh, it just gets out of hand so quickly. And uh, I remember just starting to feel more anxiety. I was struggling with depression. Some of it was postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, but I really felt anytime I was in a cluttered space within my home, within my environment, it just made it so much worse. And, um, that's really what was the start, the start of it all. But it wasn't until we had a, a really traumatic car accident. Uh, the four of us were hit in a head on collision back in 2017, I think. And uh, my husband broke his neck, he broke his shoulder and he was in the hospital for a very long time, ended up needing surgery. And that was a point where I realized, holy cow, my kids need me to show up as the best version of me. I have to help my husband heal. I have to be there for my kids. And, um, it was very apparent to me that clutter was stopping me from doing that because every single time I was home, it was just constantly moving stuff from pile to pile to pile, tripping over toys, just being frustrated and annoyed instead of being able to show up as the mom I wanted to be. And that was when the kind of my moment in time, the rock bottom of my rock bottom, if you will, where I drew the line, drew the line in the sand and said, enough is enough. Um, I'm going to stop looking for those Uh, impossible, elusive six hour, two to three hour chunks of time in my day where, you know, that was always my excuse up until that point. I just don't have the time. I'm so busy. I have all these other things to do. And I said, I'm just going to do 10, 15, 20 minutes a day and just be happy with the little progress because that's still progress. And 
tripped over my feet, <laughs> took one step forward, two steps back. I mean, if decluttering were as simple as a checklist, I think we wouldn't be having this conversation, right? I downloaded all the checklists and I still had so many struggles. Um, and really throughout a few years, I developed a lot of strategies and frameworks. And after I realized that, holy cow, my life was just starting to become so much more joyful and happy. And I was able to show up and tap into that bubbly personality I used to have before my kids were born. And uh, my life just changed so much from decluttering my home. And I know it sounds cheesy to maybe some of your listeners, but it was really the catalyst that uh, changed a lot for me. And after that, I said, I don't care what it takes. I may be the biggest introvert ever, but I have to, <laughs> I have to tell the world, uh, I have to help others with the same issue. Cause I know there's a lot of people that struggle with clutter. I was one of them. So, uh, that long story short, <laughs> that's how I, how I ended up where I am today. Well, Katie, I think that is so powerful. And I just had a, a question for you. One, do you do you feel like it kind of comes back to, because I think once you have kids too, it seems like there's a lot of chaos and a lot of, in, and does it give you a little bit of a sense of control as well and empowerment when you, when you declutter? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And here's the thing. I felt that, I mean, just getting 10 minutes here or five minutes here, every single time I did that, I felt so much better. And so I just want to throw that out there because before that I was like, it has to be perfect. I have to, you know, spend six hours on a Saturday and then I'll feel better. And then I'll feel more in control, but even just 10 minutes here and there, um, really it, it did the trick. And I always say your home should be uh, you know, a refuge in a storm, not the tidal wave that sucks you under. And for me, I mean, I'm raising two hands here for those on watching on video. <laughs> I was constantly being sucked under. And I think we can all agree these last few years have been incredibly challenging on so many different fronts. And I've been so grateful that at least I have my home and I have that aspect of control because we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring or next year or the year after that. But I do know that when I get home from the store or I come home or I'm any, anytime I'm within the four walls of my home, I have that sense of peace, which I never had before. And it is absolutely possible to have that. Even if you have a messy partner, even if you have lots of kids like I do. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we're talking about, um, being a minimalist and that's a word that is we're hearing more and more, um, than we have before. So what does that really mean? I mean, we're talking about decluttering, but when we say being a minimalist, what does that look like for those of us that are kind of questioning, is that something I can put into my life or incorporate into my life? Yeah. I mean, it really depends on who you ask. That's why ultimately over the last few years, I know my podcast is called the maximize minimalist because I maximized my life by minimizing my possessions. And I just like the way it sounded. <laughs> But I really shy away from that term now just because I think so many families and moms and dads and people just think of like nothing, right? Like if you think of a minimalist, you think of like, oh, she has two pairs of shoes or, oh, her kids have one toy each or all these things that just don't seem realistic. And what I've come to realize over the last few years is it's just easier for me and uh, for the sake of not having to argue over what minimalism is, because it's different for everyone, is is simplifying. So simplifying all aspects and minimalism is similar to that, but it doesn't have the word simplifying. I guess doesn't have these invisible constructs and you know made up 
definitions that depending on which expert you ask, it's like, oh, okay. So I can only have five pairs of shoes and that's not minimalist. And she, you know, it's just, I got so tired of it. Um, but ultimately in a nutshell, I would say whether it's minimalism, you're wanting to achieve or simplifying, you know, journey that you're on is any time that you can walk away from something that's no longer serving you, you get closer to whatever it is in life you want. So maybe that's becoming more debt-free. Maybe that's having, having an uncluttered home. Maybe that's relationships, having better relationships. Um, and there are so many different aspects and facets that you can really tune in and start to simplify. But, um, yeah, so simplifying really has become my go-to go-to term. I think simplify is a great way to put it. Um, I think it's like you said, it's less overwhelming less scary. Yeah. And when I, you know, I'm thinking about as you're starting to name off all these things, I'm personally thinking about, um, my house and 25 years of stuff that is accumulated in my house. And just, if we just take my kitchen, I have probably 50 plates. I probably have five sets of 25 plates. I have glasses like crazy. I have so many sets of pans I have cupboards full of dishes. And when I think about minimalizing or simplifying, it's overwhelming to me. But yet, if I ask myself the question, how often am I using these? Should I really be reconsidering that? What do you say to that person? (laughs) What do you say to me? (laughs) I would say, this is a really good point. So I would say, consider all the ways you pay for your stuff. So obviously, at some point you probably paid for those dishes. Maybe they're gifted. You you maybe decided to keep, obviously you decided to keep them, but we also pay for our stuff just to store it. So I read an interesting study, I think it was sometime last year that on average, it costs $10 a square foot just to store things in your home. So you're paying for, and that's based on like average mortgages and rent in the U S I think. Um, so you're paying to just store stuff that ultimately, you know, is it worth that $10 a square foot every year? You're paying for it mentally. You're paying for it emotionally. Uh, gosh. And so I think ultimately we have to think about that. It's much more than just, uh, like I said, a checklist. So if you aren't using some of these dishes, maybe you shuffle them around and put them, you know, the ones you use closer to you in the kitchen and some of the other ones you could store elsewhere. But I, I'm not a huge fan of, you know, using dishes once a year. I have a sister-in-law who's like, she's the definition of the hostess with the mostest. And I think the latter part of that, the mostest, she's got a lot of stuff, you know, for decor and seasonal decor to reflect that. And it's great. She loves it. And I'm not, if, if you love that too, that's great. If you use those dishes for winter time and you bust out your spring ones and then your summer ones or for birthdays, like more power to you. If it sparks joy, if your family loves it, it's a, if it's a family tradition, but meanwhile, if they're not being used, or if you're like, eh, you know, is it worth it? just remember all the ways you really are paying for hanging on to those, how many dishes, 25 plus dishes. Oh my gosh. 25 sets or. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Katie, it goes back to like Christy, I think back, I mean, we're older than you, but our generation and prior generations, I go to my husband's generation with his family, they passed down silver and China and which is really a cool keepsake. But the reality is we don't use it that Mm -hmm. often, maybe three times a year. 
So what do you say? I mean, it's a love-hate relationship, right? Because they're so sentimental and beautiful and, and keepsakes. But at the same time, you don't use them. Do you get that question a lot of how do you determine what you keep and what you don't keep? I think, you know, it's, it's difficult because you're right. The sentimentality aspect, it's hard even for me. Like when my grandma passed away, she had left a few dish sets. Think, you know, really nice ones, kind of China thinking, oh, you know, one of my granddaughters would like these. And my sister has the opposite problem of me. She loves stuff. So luckily, I guess for me, she took them all and I was fine with that. Um, but I, I think, especially when it comes to sentimentality, it's like, there are other really amazing ways we can honor tradition. We can honor our family, whether they're here with us or not, um, beyond just taking their stuff. And I remember I had, uh, as one example, I had a student who was struggling over, she was going through a jewelry box and had all of these necklaces and bracelets and kind of costume jewelry from her grandma who had passed on. And she goes, I don't know, I'd ever wear these, but it's like, these were my grandma's. And I said, your grandma will still love you, whether you hang on to this stuff or not. And it doesn't make you a bad person for not wanting to hang on to your grandma's jewelry or dishes or whatever it is, handkerchiefs. And, uh, just, just keep that in mind and have this, you know, you have these inner dialogues with yourself when you're decluttering. And I always just say, you know, be as compassionate toward yourself as you can in those, in those conversations. And it's, it's so nuanced and it's a really hard question to answer, but I think just sometimes we just need to remind ourselves not to guilt ourselves and be so hard on ourselves simply because listen, it's not the right fit for my house. Maybe it's, you know, it's not the style and maybe you put a couple, I don't know, incorporate some of them into a way you can use them more frequently or use them as home decor in some way, shape or form and let go of the rest. There are lots of creative ways we can hang on to a few of the things, display it to spark joy and things like that without having to hang on everything. I call it creative collecting instead of hoarding. <laughs> I, think I'm, I love it. I think I'm borderline hoarding some of my stuff. <laughs> Discover adventure, discover luxury, discover Moab with exclusive retreats for your next vacation or event. Wake up to amazing views only minutes from Utah's most breathtaking national and state parks and Moab's best shopping and dining. Enjoy your fully stocked vacation home with private pool and hot tub. Every room is a luxurious private suite, plus daily maid service and private chefs are available. Exclusive retreats. We're not your home away from home. We are better. Book today at exclusiveretreats.com. Katie, in one of your recent episodes, you talked about on your podcast, you talked about gracious ways to request no toys, please. Yes. And my kids are in that mode right now. And just, I would love to hear you talk about that because I think it's really powerful. And my daughter was feeling the same way. She has a six-year-old and a two-year-old. And she just said, I don't need, we don't need any more toys. They don't need anything. And she wants to do more experiences. Um, Let's do something together. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Oh, well, first of all, I'm so excited that she's on board with that. And how sweet, right? That's got to make you feel good going, oh, you know, I get to hang out with the grandkids. But yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of less material gifts for any time of year, whether that's birthdays, holidays, graduations, um, things like that. My, my boys are now six and five and, um, there, I think there are really tons of ways we can ask our family and really 
it boils down to just setting gift giving boundaries. And I know again, (laughs) we could talk about that for the entire episode, but in short, I see so much value in that, especially as parents. And it's not to say, tell grandma and grandpa that, Hey, don't buy little Johnny any toys anymore, but think of really creative ways that um, they could still gift and show their appreciation and love for your child outside of maybe clutter or toys or physical things. So things like experiences and memberships zoo, like let's go, let's, let's plan a road trip to grandma and grandpa's. Um, maybe you could get them a gift card for a zoo membership or a water park pass. And, um, that's something hopefully that y'all could do together. And, you know, grandma and grandpa could be there too. (laughs) And, uh, maybe if it is something, maybe like a lifestyle gift, maybe you get your granddaughter or grandson, a dance class, and then you could get them a tutu or something to wear to that dance class. If you want something for them to unwrap, but there are so many ways. Yeah. Whether it's on a birthday card or a group text, um, or even an Amazon wish list, creating something simple like that, adding that, adding ideas to that year round for your family. I think, I think we're all in phases, no matter what generation we are, where it's just, we just want to get the person what they want. <laughs> and we don't have to go to 16 stores to try and find the perfect gift. Like we want to get our you know, nieces and nephews and uh, kids in our family, just something that they'd like to use. And I think it's even more beneficial for the parents when they're not battling so many toys everywhere. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of experience-based gifts. We've, we've done a lot of that this year and, um, I'm, my kids again are five and six. I'm really, uh, I played violin and piano for 10 years and I really want to get them into music. So we listen to a lot of music in our house, but I was like, how can I try and get them to play? So I'm getting them a cheap, yeah, like a keyboard. And then I found this guitar online that's designed for three to six year olds. So it's a three string guitar. It's nylon strings. It's real. It looks like a toy but it's so cool. And so that's something I hope, you know, will kind of spark that musicality and, uh, be a good outlet for them if that's something they get into. But, um, that's the only, that's like, I think one of the only gifts they're getting this year in a basketball hoop, which I mean, that creates a whole host of experiences, uh, for me and my kids. So just super easy, basic stuff like that. It's been game changing for my family. Love that. So what do you say um, to your clients or, you know, how, how they're coming or showing up to you for someone who wants to start entertaining this, um, simplifying in their life? Where do you start with that? I mean, on a superficial level, I would say, like, if you just want to start decluttering, it's really nice and it can really help motivate you by just getting started with countertops and surface areas. Um, just like that alone is an instant facelift. If you clear off your countertop clutter or stuff on the floor, stuff on top of the dressers, the kitchen Island, things like that, it can be just enough to make like you feel a difference when you walk into your kitchen or to that space. Um, and it can help keep you motivated. Like, Ooh, I feel good. I want to do more of this. I'm going to schedule 10 minutes in my calendar tomorrow and just keep doing more. I think on a deeper level, I'd have to say, just start thinking about your relationship with stuff. And that's not ever something I had ever considered or thought of, but you have to remember, we live in a culture where more is best and we were keeping up with the Joneses and we are all about the Instagrammable afters and perfection and, um, you know, having the perfect home or the perfect, whatever. And I was decluttering early on in my journey, but I was also still bringing in a lot to my home. I was a little bit of a shopaholic. (laughs) And so I tended to do online shopping when I was stressed, which I was stressed all the time. Who isn't right. 
And so that's the point where I was like, it doesn't matter how much I get rid of if I'm continuing to bring in all this stuff into my home. And it never feels like clutter in the moment, right? When you're on Amazon or when you see a cute ad on Facebook, you're like, oh, that top is so cute. This is not going to be clutter. I'm going to wear this all the time. Then like, you know, two months later, it's on the bottom of your closet covered in dust bunnies, right? Yes. And so it's, so I think again, like the deeper level, just start thinking about how you view stuff. Like if you truly believe that more is better and more stuff's going to make you happy, your simplifying journey will be harder than most because your actions are saying otherwise, a lot of your actions aren't, aren't for right. The less is more. So that's, that's definitely a place I would just start and, and do it with, you know, objectivity and not shame and blame, right? If you notice 16 Amazon boxes sitting on your porch and you're like, Oh, what did I even get? Like that primnesia that people talk about, like, Oh, I don't even remember what I ordered. Right. That's a cue where it's not like you have to shame and blame yourself. Like, Oh, dang it. I got a shopping problem, but just like, Hey, what could I do instead of online shopping when I'm stressed or when I tend to purchase things like that makes a big difference over time. And I mean, you'll always get better results if you can reduce the inflow too. And you're, it'll have less work on the back end as well, which we all want. <laughs> it's so true. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about all of the things. In fact, the whole Amazonesia. Wow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Christy's a really good online shopper. <laughs> yeah. You got that dialed in, huh? You're an expert there. Well, I'm, you know, I am in that place where I'm entertaining where, where can I declutter and where should mm-hmm. I start? Um, and I, you know, have so many areas in my house that need it. And it's just, you know, so if I'm that person that's saying, okay, where, where do I start? And I love the whole, maybe it's just the kitchen countertops, um, yeah. to kind of start there. And then maybe it's cupboards after that and then room to room. But I, I, I would recognize that it would take me months. And so that in of itself can be overwhelming. But if you are considering, you know, where can I simplify? I think that's a great start. Just start in the home. Yes. And I would encourage you. So my analogy is often this, um, I'm not so much a runner. I've had a one or two phases in my life where I was like, okay, I'm going to run. My big race was like, couch to seven miles. (laughs) I was like, the last time I ran was in high school basketball, hadn't run for a long time, but my husband's a runner. And, you know, sometimes when you hang out with runners all the time, you're like, how, what's that runner's high about? Like, I want that. And then you run like 20 feet. You're like, I don't get the runners, (laughs) but it was, it would be like, you know, me, instead of doing any training for the seven mile race, just showing up on race day and being like, all right, let's do this right? Just like I said, I would have gotten maybe 50 yards. I'd be huffing and puffing. I'd be like, oh my gosh, my knee hurts. How am I going to do this? I'm overwhelmed. And then I would have quit the race. But instead, what do you do when you train for a 5k or seven mile marathon? You run a little bit each day. You build up your cardio muscle, your strength, you get used to running. And then by the time you hit the marathon, it's like go time. But think about all the running you got done. It's the same thing with decluttering, right? Like you ha- your declutter muscle, it's in between your ears, <laughs> right? Like you get better at it. You're like, oh, I, every single time you get rid of something, that's a vote for less or more simplicity, less stress, less mess, like more of what you want in life, more happiness, more joy. And so just stop overthinking, literally set a timer on your iPhone or on the oven clock for 10 minutes and just go to town on any clutter hotspots. For a lot of us, that's countertops and that's fine. 
And some of it you'll notice will just be simply putting things back where they belong. So I'm kind of digressing here. Is it cool if I keep going? Keep going. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I do want to take just a second and um, give some definitions here because so many times I have people are like, I have so much clutter on my counters. It's everywhere. And then they'll send me a picture. I'm like, girl, that is expected mess. That mess is from everyday life, like dirty dishes on the counter, laundry to be done, toys that need to be put away. That's daily mess. Like Typically, if the clutter is not an issue, expected mass is nothing to fret over. Yes, it is annoying <laughs> because it happens every day when we're at home, we make messes, um, but it typically isn't anything to like, you know, freak out over. Clutter is really a lot different. It's disorganized excess. It's the stuff that makes handling your day-to-day -day chores way harder because you're working around clutter. So if you were starting with the countertops, I would say your first day or two, if you do, let's just say 15 minutes a day are essentially going to be putting things back where they belong. So a good rule to follow to help with that is Ohio. That's an acronym. I'm an acronym obsessed person. <laughs> if I can turn anything into an acronym, I will. However, I did not make this up. I don't know who did. Ohio only handle it once. So every single time, every time I'm in my home, getting home from in the car, going into my car, I always have this acronym going through my head, only handle it once versus kind of that classic stuff dump onto the counter. When you get home, I'll handle it later. Right. And then five different times you've touched that same object and minutes later and stress later at the end of the day, you're like, oh my gosh, I've just moved this hairbrush 10 different times. I should have just put it away the first, you know, the first time. And the cool thing about that is you don't have to be perfect for it to be worthwhile. There are many times where some days, 50% of the time, I only handle it once while I'm doing dishes or going about my day with different things. And it still helps me. It helps kind of prevent that backup and overwhelm with stuff and expected mess starting to build. Um, but the clutter, again, that's the disorganized excess. So for you, again, like even though those dishes are put away and you're not really like, oh, they probably aren't bothersome to you. Um, every, like our bodies know, our bodies know and feel when clutter is around. Our bodies are wildly in tune to our environment. And even if that clutters behind a closed door or a closed cabinet, because your brain goes, that's something I need to do. Like that's something I need to handle. And I don't want to, cause it feels really scary to me, or I don't, I don't know the answer. Do I keep, do I donate? Do I sell da, 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 right? All these different things. And so I'm just going to leave that there, but still that part of our brain is like, Ooh, but I need to handle that at some point. And so at some point along my journey, I was like, wait a second, why I should be the one handling my stuff. I should not wait to you know, move on from life, go to heaven. And then my poor kids have all my junk, <laughs> you know, to deal with. So it felt really empowering again, for me to just get so much of my stuff under control in that way too. You know, I was going to say one of the good things to declutter is if you move, um, moving has a tendency to oh, yeah. get you to throw a lot of stuff away. I have moved quite a bit, um, but there are items I have found that for whatever reason I would hang on to every move. And then I finally get to a different place in life. And I'm like, why did I hang? Why have I moved this four times? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so crazy. And um, so I'm on a mission this year to kind of declutter and do the same thing. And I have so much stuff that I haven't used in years. I'm like, why do I hang out? You were talking about jewelry earlier. Yeah. And it just made me think about, I have some jewelry. I haven't worn five 
to eight years and I still have it hanging there. I don't think it's coming back in style <laughs> anytime <laughs> soon. I, I know. I know exactly what you mean. Yes. Yeah. And uh, that's so true. And being able to embrace, I think again, with objectivity and not shame, like, listen, this isn't in style. And even if it were, even if, you know, like I'm not wearing this anyway, so I'm going to I'm going to pass on this. I'm going to, you know, this served me for a couple of years. I wore it every day or I loved it. Or maybe it's an item where you're like, Oh, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I didn't end up wearing that necklace, but being able to just go, okay, it served me or it didn't, or I'm going to learn and maybe work on my impulse shopping. Like there's always, oh, there's so many learning experiences that we can, you know, with grace, just consider and learn from while we're decluttering. I think that's a really beautiful thing because I don't know about you, but I like personal growth and self-development and just like, how do I become a better version of myself? Right. And this is a really good, it's a good way to do it just by decluttering. It really is. Well, Katie, you've inspired me and I, uh, Christy and I have talked about the new you in 22 and, uh, you've definitely inspired me because I, we've talked about having a to do a to be list versus a to do list. And oh, I, I want to be less cluttered for sure. <laughs> You want to be a simplifier. We call ourselves yes. a simplifier in my in my crew. Yes. I like it. <laughs> so Katie, tell our listeners what you can do for them and how they get in touch with you. Yeah. So come hang out with me on the podcast at uh, The Maximized Minimalist. I drop episodes weekly. I also have several online programs I've created over the years that have helped thousands of people. If you struggle with toy clutter, I've got a toy course. I also have a 14-day clutter crusher challenge. It's a mouthful. <laughs> it's not minimalist. <laughs> And that we focus on whole house clutter. I love, particularly love the challenges because they're live, they're community-based. So you are doing it 20 minutes a day. That's it. That's all I ask you to commit to 20 minutes of decluttering a day live with a community of amazing like-minded people who are also in the same boat as you. And it just makes us feel like we're a lot less alone because I know clutter can feel so isolating. Like oh, we're the only ones that deal with this or, you know, I'm the only one that deals with this. My house is so messy, but everyone else. And it's like, no. I think everybody, 99.9% .9 of people struggle with this. And when we can normalize it, we can take away that shame and blame and judgment and take a step forward, right? Like we want to help you take a step forward. So come join that. That's super fun. And we can do anything for 14 days, right? We're strong. So I figured we can declutter for 14 days and you will make more progress than you have in the last three, four or five years doing on your own. I can promise you. So I, I hope to see both of you in there too. <laughs> Definitely, definitely need to put that into my 2022. Yes. I love that. To bees. Well, thank you. Yes. And we will make sure that all of your contact information is in our show notes for our listeners. And we appreciate you. You've enlightened us on the Simplify Your Life. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think someone could benefit, please share. If there's a conversation you think we should be having or a topic that resonated with you, please let us know. You can engage and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pieces of a Woman Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. If you listen to us on Apple, leave us a five-star rating and a comment.